0: Perv. Slut. Wow! I hate myself. <laughs> Perv. Slut. Don't make this fun! Perv. Slut. The sex exhibition. Perv. Ah! This is the Fleabag Research Project. I'm Yana Rankov, and I'll be your host. Oh, you got me. I don't carry a vagina around with me. <laughs> that would be way too provocative. Hi everyone, this is episode 7 of the Feedback Research Project, this is my project, my name is Yana Rankov, and I'm here with my friend Dama Koresh. Do you want to say a little bit about yourself, Dama? Uh,
1: Yeah, I'm Dama Koresh, I met uh, Yana in the Film Society, where we worked together, running a movie theater, I guess. I like consuming media. Yeah, we did do that. (laughs) (laughs) Not. Yeah.
0: Uh, And yeah, just watched fleabag ready to talk yeah. about it wonderful also the sirens you just heard in the background dam and i live really close together so it wouldn't surprise me oh. if they migrate into my audio <laughs> if i hear them here soon there we go i can hear them No, oh, there we go <laughs>
1: yeah i was like as as the sirens started i was like
0: <gasps> oh can you hear no, that nothing Ooh, we- i hope not Oops. There's nothing we can do about it. It's fine. we It's a city. Yeah. It's city life. What can you do? To start off, one of the first questions I ask everyone is what your relationship to the show is, how many times you see it, what you think on your watches, etc.
1: Yeah, I mean, I pretty much watched it exclusively to do this interview. Um, I like had heard about it before, and I've talked to a couple of my friends before who like told me to watch it, and I totally forgot about it until um, you did. So... It, I, I know I've known of it for some time um, but yeah first first watch of the first season I considered watching the second season before doing this and I was like no let's focus let's focus on this. thank first you season. I would
0: I would really really highly recommend the second season yeah. uh, but which I think you will really love the second season as well yeah. but you will also understand once you see it if you decide to watch it why I am keeping the two separate because yeah. they're very like they're just very separate works to me at least yeah thematically not "Mm, you know what no they're just it's hard to treat them together it's hard to treat them together because you would be talking about completely different things if you were to treat them together um so when people have recommended the show to you what have they said usually
1: yeah I think uh the fact that it was and correct me if I'm like misunderstanding how this was but like it's like based on a one-woman show or like Mm -hmm. okay uh, so like that has always been like brought up to me as like oh yeah like this lady just like did this whole one woman show and then somehow translated it into a TV show, um, which is kind of crazy. But like having that context makes it so clear how the show turned out the way that it is. Like mm-hmm. it's you get you get very much the one woman show vibe from it, um, and I mean also the kind of like the ways that it tackles feminism and stuff was definitely one of the things that was brought up is like hey this is a thing that's focused on the experience of women like that would be nice to look at We don't get a whole lot of that in media and i'm very gung-ho
0: about watching
1: stuff like that so yeah that's that summarizes the recommendations i've gotten
0: Thank you. And it's definitely nice to watch something that's made by, like, female lead. It's definitely a breath of fresh air when you yeah. can really taste how female lead it is. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that you find Fleabag to be a unique show in any sense? And this can, like, be true or not true. I'm not trying to bully you into saying it's unique.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like, it totally, it totally is, though. Like, it's, it's something that is wholly focused on like, this one woman's experience and, like, different facets of her life, I guess. Just even, like, the, the way the narration is done, I think is really interesting. When I say narration, I mean just, like, the, the breaking of the fourth wall that happens. The direct address. Like, yeah, that, like, is something you don't you don't see a lot, or at least I haven't seen a lot in the media I've consumed. And it's actually something I really like when media does that. Even just, like, the moments that it chooses to do that in are very different to how you see it done in other stuff. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say it's, it's like, a unique show in... You can take lots of different facets of it and be, like, it's unique because it is based on a play. Like, that's unique. Like, not, not that many things are based on plays right now and are so clearly, like, you can, you can see where the play roots come from. Um, It's Mm -hmm. unique in that it focuses on the female experience. It's unique in that it does this like breaking the fourth wall thing that's pretty cool.
0: Why do you think, or what is the effect of having the first scene that you see be like an anal sex hookup? Hmm. I
1: think that's like, it's it's difficult to kind of like phrase my thoughts on it, I guess. Like it's a, it's a brave way to start it like mm-hmm. you're starting off strong it's like no <laughs> not, not everyone's gonna keep watching when you start off with an anal sex hookup um but like at the very least it sets the tone for the show right away uh like you know kind of what you're getting into you know that it's gonna be about sex uh and just like the mm-hmm. the way that she that she handles it right like um it, it gives you a lot of insight into how the character carries herself in like her sexual life um and how that like affects how she sees herself too like the fact that like the only question that came out of that like random anal sex was
0: do i have a massive asshole?"
1: is like oh okay that's interesting that we didn't talk about how like he didn't ask if he could <laughs> if he could do that. Like, interesting that we're not going to talk about whether you liked it about like any of that stuff. Like, immediately her thoughts go to like, what's wrong with my body that it happened this way, right? I think it's it's a super interesting way to start it, um, and it makes a few things clear about the character right away, um, and kind of about what the show is going to be about, right? Which, and I, I mean as. As we've seen, it is super about her sex life. So, yeah, it makes sense.
0: I think that's a really very solid way of seeing the first scene. I do really agree with you. I think that it both like eliminates people who shouldn't be watching the show anyway, who are just going <laughs> to weird weirded out by it at every turn. Um, and it does set you up for what she's gonna go through. Would you say that you were uncomfortable seeing a scene like that scene? Were, are, are there other scenes that make you uncomfortable within the show?
1: So, like, the fact that sex is shown doesn't make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think more the situation of, like, the lack of consent, like, the, the gray area of the consent is what made me uncomfortable. of oh, some pretty standard bouncing, you realize He's etching towards your asshole, but you're drunk, and he made the effort to come all the way here, so you let him. He's thrilled. Oh, I'm so thrilled. He's like, oh no, like what's yeah. he doing? Like what's he doing? <laughs> um, but it wasn't like, a, ooh, Icky, you're showing sex. Um, of course, yeah. And it- a lot of the times in the show when you're showing sex, like, just the fact that she seems so far removed from it, and, like, obviously, that's partly because she's ta- she's talking to you, like, while it's happening, right? But I do think that that's trying to show how she kind of dissociates, like, during the, like, I'm not saying that she's dissociating. I don't know how to explain right, it. Yeah, but, like, there I seems understand. to be, like, a difference, right, between what's going on in her body and, like, She doesn't seem to be thinking about the sex when she's having sex. She doesn't seem to be thinking about the interactions that she has with people when she's having them because she's talking to us the whole time. At least from what I can remember, every time she has sex, that happens. Like we don't, we don't actually see her enjoy having sex. um, Unless I'm trying to like that one time that she was having sex with Harry and then she just, like, pauses it to masturbate and then, like, she stops talking to us for, like, a second, so, like, when she, when other people are trying to, like, pleasure her, it doesn't seem to work, like, she's not doesn't seem interested in it, despite being, like, despite talking about how she can't stop thinking about sex and how, like, there's she's so interested in sex and, like, so much of the show is revolving around sex, she can't seem to connect with it, even though she has it so much, um, which is interesting.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think that's one of the, another one of the, just the central parts of the show, just the absolute like uncoupling of intimacy and sex. I'm yeah. just leafing through my notes to look specifically for the monologue you just brought up about being obsessed with sex. I'm not obsessed with sex.
1: I just can't stop thinking about it. The performance of it the awkwardness
0: of it, the drama of it, the moment you realize someone wants your body. Not so much the feeling of it. So I see that paragraph as like the central thesis of the show. You know, the idea that, you know, being obsessed with it, even though you don't necessarily like it, you don't necessarily get much out of it.
1: Yeah, it seems to be so much more about the idea of sex than sex mm. itself. Um,
0: I I really like that. I really like that.
1: It's really, yes. it's really interesting. Actually, it's like really, really interesting because even just like in the like the, this mythos that we build around sex, like, but when. You're in high school, for example, like virginity is like such a problem and like the, lo- the losing of virginity is such this like mythical thing that you do that kind of paints sex as this amazing thing. And then you and then you have sex and it's like, it's not such a big deal, actually. Like,
0: Absolutely. And then it's just um, sex.
1: Yeah, yeah. But somehow society still seems to treat it as like this bigger thing. Um, So it's interesting to me that, like, she, even though she keeps having sex and, like, almost proving to herself over and over that, like, she's not really getting anything out of it. Yeah, this, like, I, I mean, she says she's not obsessed, but, like, this obsession with the idea of it is, yeah, like, similar to kind of what I see in, like, general society, I guess, like, when talking about sex, like, people seem really more like when they talk about sex it seems to be more about the idea of it
0: than actually having sex you've really within like five minutes of us talking really hit why i like the show so much to me at least it's really about i don't know it seems the closest to how i experience sex or like the women around me Mm -hmm. i feel like growing up this mythos is so all-encompassing and we just have no way of navigating it and i feel like coming of age is just realizing like it's coming of age as like a young woman is just navigating a sexual landscape you weren't prepared for oh for sure for sure for sure right? that's that's what this show feels like to me this woman who's stuck in like a sex to her isn't like this like great thing she does with a partner, it's just like a series of mediocre to bad to good experiences yeah. that she just like wades through and mires through. Um, so that's that's exactly why I like the show so much and why I'm kind mm-hmm. of doing this project because it seems to be the only show that I've seen. And recently I watched um, I May Destroy You by Michaela Cole on HBO, which is also really, really good and tackles a lot of similar issues, mm-hmm. um, but in a different way about how living your life as just like a young woman is just navigating sex at every corner and navigating sexual power dynamics all around Um, that you didn't ask to be a part of but they just exist around you and you can't get out of them
1: yeah and like which is fucked right like the fact the fact that like so much of like what it means to be a young woman in the world is like how much sex you're having how the sex you're having is how you feel about the sex that you're having. Like oh, you're having it with. Exactly. Like that's messed up. That's like really messed up. Um and it I don't remember what exactly she says, but uh when she's like crying to the, the bank guy and is like, yeah, like th- this is like the prime of my body right now. And in a few years, like this body, no one's gonna want it anymore. And like it 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 hits at this idea of like the the value of a woman is tied to how much sex she can have and like that's crazy right and you see that idea destroying her like that she clearly has internalized that she knows that it's quote unquote bad because she calls herself a bad feminist right like Mm. she sees how having these thoughts that like she doesn't want to have these thoughts that's just like what society has made her feel um she knows that it's a thing that's like not good for her and we see the character like in a small way devolve like throughout the show in that like she before she was able to keep up this casual sex life and continue to like validate her identity that way kind of over and over and over like yeah i am wanted right that's why she can break up with her boyfriend and then get back together because she knows that he'll always want her and she can go like hook up with a couple other people in the couple days that they're broken up because there will always be someone who wants her. But when Harry doesn't go back to her, it's like, oh, this guy doesn't want me anymore. And then she's th- that's like the first notch of like, oh, that something's wrong. Oh, anal sex guy doesn't is in love with someone else. That's the second notch. Like all of these, all of these kind of things start happening that start like disproving her value as a woman because she's no longer having sex with those
0: people um
1: that's crazy
0: <laughs> it, it is the unraveling of you yeah. that power dynamic and speaking of sexual power um do you think that fleabag has sexual power over the men she's with in general or you know how do you see it distributed between the men and the women
1: I think, hmm, like, I feel like she could
0: if she wanted to.
1: Like, that's the thing. Um, There's there's ways to, for her to have taken sexual power. Like, definitely with the, um, with Harry, I feel like there's more agency for her there. Like, she kind of, when she feels like breaking up, she just, like, says something that she knows will make him break up with her. And then it's like, okay, and now like she kind of holds the power in that dynamic but I, th- I think at the end of the day because she ties her value so strongly to the sex that she's having it ends up being more about more about the men having power over her even if they don't seem to be like overtly showing that like she starts hitting on that um, the guy with the teeth what was his name like it Russell Gus
0: like... Roden. yeah
1: so she is not attracted to him like he's not attracted to him but like because she wants to be wanted um he ends up having a power over her just because she's like built this idea of like she needs to be validated through sex in order to like be worth something i think even in the situations where you know like she's objectively the more attractive person she is objectively the one that's being wanted in that um in that circumstance um and so she should be able to take the power and be like well if I don't want you then that's what's up she doesn't she doesn't do it because at the end of the day like she has she's almost holding herself hostage
0: if we want to tie all of that to the humor of the show a little bit where do you think, because the sex and the sexual power dynamics are such a prominent theme, how do you think the show's humor interacts with those themes? Um, do you see those two working together, working at odds with each other? For me, a lot of the
1: humor comes like from the like her talking to us. Like that's something that I think builds a lot of the humor for me. Um, and that's also what creates this clear, like, divide between what's happening to her body and what's happening in her mind, right? So, like, it, she jokes about these, like, she jokes about having a massive asshole. She jokes about, oh, we're only making love. We're not, like, I wish you would just fuck me. Um, But, it, so, like, that's funny, but it's also what she's actually feeling. And, like, it it, it like, deconstructs this, like, how she is doing sex or having sex that she doesn't actually enjoy just because it's like well but I'm gonna do it anyway like that's just what's expected of me like that's what I have to do even though obviously she doesn't have to but like you're tied to that when you think that your value is tied to it it gives you an uh, a sense of self-awareness like with the humor like whenever she whenever she does something stupid she tells you oh I'm gonna do something stupid or something along Mm -hmm. those lines so it, it shows that she's self-aware and, like, trying to, in, in, in some way, um, think about these things. But when she talks to us, like, it doesn't actually change what she's doing. She'll be like, oh, like, this guy is such an idiot. And then she continues to have sex with him. It almost seems like a defense mechanism. Like, her, mm. her humor seems to be the way that she copes with, like, well, I know that I shouldn't tie my value to sex, but I do. So I guess but I need I to make will. fun of it. Yeah, like, but... <laughs> I hate myself. So let's go. Um, nice. So, yeah, I think the the humor is very much, it's, like, in a way morbid. Because we she's joking about things that are clearly, like, a bigger issue, like, in society in general. Oh, God. Yeah, you check me out, chub chub, because it's never going to happen. But also, on a personal level, art is totally destroying her. Oh, God, he can't believe how attractive I am. kind
0: of worried I'm going to make a sex offender out of the poor guy. Here we go. This better be good. Here we go. walk of Like, it's still hilarious, wonderful. but it's also tragic. Well, I think that the show plays with the tragic and the comedic so well with every character, which is mm-hmm. what makes it so funny because all of these characters just straddle comedy and tragedy so well oh. and just walk this fine line. So um you've mentioned The Direct Address several times now. Would you say that Phoebe Waller-Bridge's performance as Fleabag is your favorite performance in the show? Do you think oh, it's the funniest sure, sure. performance? Yeah?
1: yeah? Yeah, I like The Direct Address uh address a lot. Like I think it's it it is what makes the show the most unique. Like that's like the one thing I would point to as being like super cool. Yeah, I think I think she brings a lot to the role by doing that. Um Especially, like, when, like, she interrupts, like, the middle of conversations to say something. Because, I don't know, it seems like like a stream of consciousness thing, almost.
0: At this point, I start violently coughing, and I decided to spare you that particular part of the recording. It does happen throughout the show, but it's edited out every time. Why, you ask? Why am I coughing like this? Don't even oh worry about it. Oh my I'm god!
1: A- <laughs> let it, it out! Let, let it
0: out! For context, today is September 8th. 2020 and all of the smoke from the California wildfires has drifted up the west coast, which is why we're yeah. coughing.
1: Yeah, 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 Oof.
0: I love dystopia.
1: Dystopia is great. I love living yeah. in an absolute apocalypse, let's go. Me
0: too, woo. Um, so I, I like, I, a lot of people cite other characters as their favorite comedic performance. So I, I enjoy that you like Fleabag the best, I personally like Olivia Coleman as the Godmother the most, or she's one of the funniest oh. performances to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, she. I mean, she's obviously supposed to be absolutely hateable, and like, she achieves it. She truly is. Um, <laughs> so you hate her? Hey? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a whole it's a whole thing. Like, I think the idea of like sex as power was not put it like it wasn't put into words in the show until the godmother said it.
0: And that's what this show is really about.
1: It's about power. That's on one of the last episodes, so it's interesting because it makes you think back on the whole rest of the show, like, oh, you're talking about the whole thing. Like, this whole thing we've been observing. We've been, like, observing this lady's sex life this whole time. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's about the drama. It's about the performance. It's like, no,
0: it's about power. Like, that's what it's about. Um, I think... I, think I thought Viva that was, was yeah. exactly like in that scene. Has this amazing way of making the characters say ex like. She has this amazing way of stating things, these truths. Like it's about power, and the characters just say them out loud, but they're about the whole show. And that's actually one of my favorite moments when the Godmother speaks at the sex exhibition.
1: Up until up until that moment, I could almost believe that like. She the the godmother did not have ill intent towards the daughters like up until that moment like it, there there was still the benefit of the doubt to be had in a way even though like there totally wasn't like she was so bad the entire time um, but when when she looks at Fleabag who like she has made to be a waitress basically or a server at this at this show when Fleabag goes into it thinking. That she's going, it's a power move for her. Like, she's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna come here and I'm going to shame you almost for your sexual encounters with my father because I'm gonna come here and like make my dad uncomfortable. And because my dad's gonna be uncomfortable, you're gonna be uncomfortable. Uh, It's like she, uh, Fleabag thought she was going into it with the power. Um, but then she like locks eyes of the godmother. She goes, it's about power. And you see how, like, well, it's the godmother's exhibition. It's, the godmother who has the her dad's love it's Mm. the godmother who is like flirting with her boyfriend all the time like all of these all of these things that it it just becomes so clear like on fleabag's face like oh i don't have the power here she has the power here um and at that point i'm like oh wow you were just trying to humiliate her like that sucks like you are evil so yeah like i think it's a very powerful moment but it definitely cemented my like oh fuck that lady like wow
0: (laughs) what do you why would you say you hate her so much
1: i mean i think the how she like tortures the the sisters like it just seems like so much like obviously they're messed up kids uh kids they're fucking adults obviously um like they're messed up over their mom dying like it's fair for them to not be like super nice to you all the time uh but she seems to like rub in the relationship with the dad a lot uh which is obviously gonna make them uncomfortable uh, and like okay there's actually a question i have for you because the mom's been dead for three years like is, is that what they
0: said um i long. think i don't know if it's overly clear but i think it's about two three years yeah so that's like
1: not not, not long yeah. That's, like, super not long. I feel like I would – um, like, when the dad says, like, I'm allowed to be happy too or, like, I deserve to be happy too, yeah. like, so fair, so incredibly fair. But three years, like, really three years, like, it, it seems like such a short time to expect the daughters to, like, be okay. Like, it takes so much longer than that for a person to just in general grieve for, for there to be, like – a relationship with their godmother, who is also like, was supposed to be some form of support for them, I guess. Um, I mean, I guess I would be interested in seeing what the relationship with the godmother was like before. Um, but I think it calls a lot of things into question. Like, was he cheating on the mom before? Because again, three years seems like an awfully short amount of time to like get married with a person right after your wife dies. They're
0: not married at this point in the series. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my bet. No, it's not your bad at all. That's why I am here. No. Reasonable to uh, assume they live together.
1: Yeah, yeah. The point is, like, I can see why the daughters don't like her, even if she was, like, super nice. Like, even if she was super nice, I can see why the daughters wouldn't love her.
0: Yeah. You said earlier that she tortures both daughters. Um, do you think she tortures both equally? Or do you, I personally oh, think no. she definitely. tortures Yeah,
1: definitely Fleabag is treated much worse. Claire also dislikes her, and I think by virtue of that, like, the godmother doesn't try to be any nicer to her, like, it's definitely, I think she actively antagonizes Fleabag, and with Claire, it's more like, she doesn't try to be nice, um, but I'm trying to think of, like, specific instances where I was like, oh yeah, both of them are being, I mean, Even just the invitation to this exhibition seems like a provocation. And it was done, like, both were invited. Um, The being at the memorial lunch, it seemed like an attack on both of them. Um, Her Pilates class was
0: canceled. What's she going to do?
1: Yeah, exactly, right? Like, that maybe who she was targeting was Fleabag, but the collateral damage
0: ends up being Mm. Claire as well. But I I get the distinct feeling that Claire doesn't like her either. So with these characters, these kind of main three female characters being Claire, Fleabag, and the godmother, would you say that you, just with the characters overall, like, know these people? Are these archetypes with the men and the women that you recognize? Are these folks you know? With Claire, like, even just the way that Claire is introduced is like,
1: this is my perfect rich sister, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's like a trope that we've seen before um though i don't know i think i i like that they kind of like go deeper into the relationship between uh claire and fleabag i really like that relationship um like how it's explored um and what what we end up seeing from claire is like i mean i guess not at the end but like right before the end when like she gets the finland promotion and like doesn't want to take it because she doesn't want to leave Fleabag behind, because she, like, Mm. feels the weight of her sister's emotions, like, as part of her responsibility, like, I feel like you don't, you don't always get, like, the more human side of the perfect rich sister trope. Mm. Um, Yeah, I thought, like, that was interesting. The godmother, I mean, she specifically says, like, oh, she's not an evil stepmother. Um, So, like, but, she kind of is, right? Like, mm-hmm. she Isn't the she trope bell? is there. Yeah, like the trope is there, and we see kind of like a different side of it than I guess how it's presented traditionally. You know, like she still antagonizes the kid, which doesn't feel good. Um, so I guess that one, I like know in that way. Fleabag is more of a character that like seems like. Um, Oh, like a wild card to me like I don't know if I just haven't consumed a whole lot of media with characters like her Mm -hmm. um like it's very much like just this like she hates herself so much like like it is oozing from every pore like how much she hates herself um and I mean I guess it I said that Fleabag is not relatable in any way like I think that's like how much she hates herself is like the one thing that I find relatable about this character um like none of the other things actually speak to me about her um but yeah just like this self-aware character that like is going through their life like making a bunch of mistakes and being hyper aware of those mistakes but s- continuing to make the same mistakes over and over anyway um i don't know I don't know if that's like an answer
0: to the question that you gave. I don't know. Um, it, was, it was a very interesting character analysis and I enjoyed it. Uh, I like, I enjoy how you pointed out that Phoebe Waller-Bridge will put the tropes into the character descriptions. I haven't noticed that before. That's completely true. She'll like tell you who this is. Yeah, again, yeah. And like her ability to point out exactly what she wants to say or be very, very blunt with what she's yeah. You know, kind of putting out. I was more asking if you like feel like you've met these people in real life. I, for example, think I know a lot of Claires. These like very anxious, like very very,
1: like mm. loving,
0: hyper productive women.
1: Okay, I, I I just think like so the characters that arise like specifically.
0: Rich, rich sister
1: was so like anxious all the time, like, and artist godmother who's like. Again, like I don't know. I feel like these are people that like come up in very specific circles, and like I just don't think I have. Yeah, like been in situations where I could meet people like that. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like I'm sure. I'm sure. I've met sense. someone. Um, uh, no, but, you haven't
0: met yeah. these people. That's a perfectly reasonable answer to the question. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite episode or a favorite scene within the show? Something that made you laugh the most? I mean, I, I do really like um,
1: when, like, the, the part that you read out, the, like, mm. I'm not obsessed with sex, I just can't stop thinking about it, like, I thought that was super interesting, like, I really like how she talks about that. Um, I I also really like the scenes with Boo, like, Boo is a character that yeah. really intrigues me. An
0: 11-year-old boy was put in juvenile prison for repeatedly sticking rubber-ended pencils up this school hamster's asshole. What? Yeah. Why would they do that? Apparently he liked it when her eyes popped out.
1: Yeah, I really I really like her, so I like the scenes that we get to see her in. Yeah. Um, I
0: also really, really like Boo. What do you like about her?
1: Like, she seems so, like, innocent and, like, sweet. Like, just, she's just a, just a cute kid like i know again i know she's an adult but she just acts like a cute kid you know
0: no why would they send him away he needs help she was a surprising person they shouldn't have just locked him up he pencil fucked a hamster yeah but he's obviously not happy
1: happy people wouldn't do things like that that point and anyway that's the very reason why they put rubbers on the end of pencils what the fuck is no because
0: people make mistakes
1: Okay, I think it's the one relationship in Fleabag's life that is positive, like overwhelmingly so. All of the other ones, it's like they're mostly negative, and then there's maybe a little positive, like maybe. Um, but with Boo, she just seems like so genuinely happy all the time, um, and I guess it's just like it makes me happy to see her be happy, I'm like ah, it's possible, she, you can make it, you
0: can make it. She hasn't been unhappy her whole life. It, this this is a moment in her life where she's very unhappy.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I like being able to look back on that and see. I okay. I like the the redemption arc for the for the bank guy. Yeah, like I, that's something that I actually really enjoy seeing someone who has made those mistakes being the bank guy, um, trying to like redeem himself with the. The workshop that he went to, which like was ridiculous, obviously, and like, hmm, like not so good, right? But like, he still got something from it in that like he knows that he wants to change, right? Even if the workshop is not going to change him, he wants to change, um, and he like tries to kind of give Fleabag that same opportunity.
0: People make mistakes.
1: they put rubbers on the ends of pencils. Is that a joke? I don't know. Throughout the show you just see her making mistakes over and over and over and she just like keeps hating herself more and more and more because of them.
0: I think we should start your interview again.
1: Here. I like that a lot. I thought it was... Sweet, like it's it's a very cynical show, like it's a really cynical mm. show. They could have ended it on like a totally negative note, which like they do, like they do end on a pretty negative note. Um, but like at the very least, you can see kind of like a light of hope in that she gets
0: this loan uh, and like is told that she she can move on from her mistakes. He's one of my favorite parts of the show. We've talked about the show being about how. Our, like, hypersex society just affects women so much and so constantly. And even though the show is focused on Fleabag, we get a glimpse of the same society affecting men negatively. Yeah. And they're kind of sinners in arms and they talk about it. He's, like, one of the only male characters she has no attraction towards. Like, they don't try to bone or anything. They just talk to each other.
1: I think what you said about, like, he's the only male character she's not attracted to. Like, I really like that. Like, yeah. I... Obviously, there's going to be a lot of male-female attraction in this show that's about the male-female yeah, interactions female and sex. Yeah. Obviously. Um, but it's, it's like, such a breath of fresh air to be like, well, this one isn't it, though. Like, it even, like, I thought that the, the platonic relationship was going to be between, um the, the husband, um, like, the sister's husband and Fleabag, like, at first I was pretty into the, the husband and Fleabag's relationship, I was like, oh, cool, like, they just banter, and it's like,
0: and you're talking about Martin, Claire's husband, right? Martin, yes, Claire's husband,
1: Mm -hmm. um, but then he makes it weird, so I was like, okay, well, I guess, fuck that then, I guess, like, they're all going to be sexual relationships, um, But yeah, yeah, like, he pointed out, like, this one, like, there is no attraction going either way, because obviously she's not actually attracted to Martin, but, like, Martin is attracted to her, apparently, um, so, like, it gets weird, but with the bank guy, like, it doesn't, it doesn't get there, like, even when she fully, like, takes off her shirt, like, he's like, nope, like, we don't do here, we don't do that here, she's like, well, yeah, like, I didn't mean to do that here, um, so... I, I really appreciate the, um, I guess, showing a different kind of relationship
0: um, there. I agree. I just really like that relationship as well. Again, I think it elevates yeah. the whole show. And oh, yeah. he does, you know, they redeem each other a little bit and get to like, yeah, which is just nice. I feel like they understand each other a lot yeah um yeah. so you mentioned the workshop, so you have the silent retreat for the women and the "I shout I shout profanities at women workshop for the men. Uh, yeah. discuss that's one of the funniest parts of the show to me. I think it's hilarious.
1: Yeah. I mean, the contrast between a silent retreat and a let's yell horrible things about women being right next to each other is just hilarious, obviously. Um, I think it might be trying to speak to what the expectations are for men versus women like men are expected to be loud and violent um and they can let out all their feelings whereas for the women it's like oh let's keep them quiet and make them do housework which is what we're paying to be quiet and clean your house what um i i think it's like a very interesting like parody of the workshops and retreats that they're like making reference to, um, while making a very clear, like, statement about how, like, oh, kind of fucked, kind of fucked that we're expecting, like, women to be quiet and clean in, like, a modern-day setting and expecting men to be yelling horrible things about women, like, and all of this is supposed to be them bettering
0: themselves. Um, Paying for gender roles.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I thought um, that that was like, really funny. But then also just like, an interesting contrast there. I really liked like, when um, Claire and Fleabag got to talk during their retreat, like, their interactions during the retreat, I thought were super sweet. And it like, it made me so happy when it seemed like they were getting somewhere when Claire was like, yeah, like, I will take the Finland promotion. Uh, Which makes it all the more sad when she goes back on it and then doesn't believe Fleabag, or, yeah, doesn't believe Fleabag about Martin trying to kiss her. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that that was a moment in the show that I really liked, but it made it
0: so much sadder when it all crumbles. Yeah. So let's talk about it all crumbling. How do you feel about the kind of the final reveal of the show? It sucks. (laughs)
1: Like, it super sucks. I'm gonna be super real. I don't know if this is just, like, a gay thing, but, like, I fully thought that, like, Fleabag was in love with Boo. Like, that's how... That's what I saw was happening. And I thought that somehow, like, something... Like, I guess it's not altogether surprising that Fleabag slept with Boo's boyfriend. I, like, I had a feeling that Fleabag would have, like, something to do with it. I didn't necessarily think that that, like, she was the one that he had slept with. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's really sucks to figure that out be like oh no like in a way you have done this to yourself like she was so happy with boo and then like boo is gone and of course she's going to blame it on herself because like who else are you going to blame in this situation when obviously like there shouldn't be blame um but it makes total sense that she's blaming herself
0: i think seeing fleabag as being in love with boo is a really valid reading like we see her have all of this like Horrible, unsatisfactory sex. The only intimacy she has is with Boo. Like, I think that's a completely valid, like, way to look Mm -hmm. at that relationship. It's, like, again, valid interpretation. I think it's very much there in the text as well. Okay, yeah. I think
1: where I was going with that then mm -hmm. was that, like, I half interpreted it like this. Like, I don't think that it's actually what was trying to be said. Um, But she. So she like at the very least loved Boo so much as a friend and like didn't want to be apart from her. Had this whole business with her. Um, They meant a lot to each other. And then Boo becomes like really into this guy. So I think where I was going with the oh maybe she was in love with Boo is like well maybe she wanted to break them up because she's in love with Boo and she didn't want that. And like you get two things out of that. You get a you're validated by hot guy wanting to fuck you, which is cool. Um, and then B, you break up your best friend and her boyfriend, so now you get your best friend back.
0: Um, yeah, that I could think be an element of it. it. That could be that could be that's um, that could be an element of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Being like now she's mine again. She's all mine. Even in like a, you know, platonic and romantic are very heterosexual categories. They're very like yes, exactly. You know, things ebb and flow in between that. Like I.
1: Mm -hmm. I have very
0: romantic friendships. That doesn't mean I sleep with my friends. That just means we like support each other in emotionally like competent way. You know, like those necessary barriers don't necessarily exist like that. So I think that's a fair way of looking at Boo and Fleabag. Yeah, I really Mm -hmm. like their relationship as well. Would you say that's relatable to friendships that you've had? I find the friendships very,
1: I find that a very
0: part of the show. Yeah.
1: No, no, for sure, for sure. Like, how, how deeply they care about each other is, like, so beautiful to see. Like, mm-hmm. it, it made me, like, really happy to see that portrayal of their friendship. Um, and, yeah, I, I do think that's, like, a super relatable part of it. Um, And it's, it's, like, refreshing to see that among, like, all her horrible, horrible relationships and interactions with other people that, like, you know, she is capable of having, like, just a super healthy, like, or, I don't know, if super healthy, if she ended up sleeping with the boyfriend. But, like, at least it seemed for a while, like, they made them each other really happy. Um, mm. That was nice to see. That makes the reveal at the end hurt so much more, too. It's like, I mean, there's so many layers to it. It's like, well, you you guys loved each other so much, but now she's dead as a result, in a roundabout way, about something that you know that is bad and that you did, like, bad, obviously, um, in quotation marks, like, it's the thing that she tells herself is bad throughout the show is, like, having sex with all these people just because she wants to be validated, so then it's, like, she ends up having sex with another guy just to be validated, I mean, maybe there was another reason, I don't know, um, but, like, it seems to be that that's just how she, um, how she finds value for herself is having sex with people who are attractive. Wait, where was I going with this? Okay, so, The layers, yeah, like, it sucks because she did that again. Like, it sucks because, like, just for herself, she ended up, like, doing the thing that she knows that, like, doesn't actually make her feel good, but, like, she wants to do because it validates her. It sucks because it also, like, led to her best friend's death. It sucks because it then gives her sister validation for not believing her and staying with her stupid husband. And, like, uh, so, and, and it sucks because then it leads to the, to the life that Fleabag is stuck in now. She's like, well, I already did the thing once and it destroyed my life. Like, my life can't get any worse, so I might as well keep sleeping with people, (laughs) I guess. Um, So, it's, it's really sad. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It just, like, it really, really sucks. Um, Like, that is what happened. And, just like it it would have been bad enough if it was just her sleeping with her best friend's boyfriend and then there's a fight and that sucks but the fact that, that that ends up having such serious repercussions like not just with Boo's death but then it goes on to affect her her sister's life right like her sister is now going to turn down the promotion of her life and mm. because she doesn't trust her because of what she did with Boo uh, or with yeah. his boyfriend it just yeah. seems to
0: just keep wielding these awful consequences. Self-loathing is something that you've said over and over again, which other people I've talked to haven't isolated as much as like a key thing, but you're completely right. It's self-hatred. She like cannot be comfortable or alone with herself or be quiet with herself.
1: Yeah, I hadn't uh, I hadn't thought about about it as like can't be quiet with herself, but that like I think that's really like an interesting read of it, right? Cuz like you We're constantly hearing about what's going on in her mind. It seems like she needs to keep things happening so that she doesn't need to think about, um, yeah, yeah, like how much she hates herself.
0: And she cannot do the silent retreat, like, she cannot be silent, she cannot go in to do that. It's far too much for her,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, she, I think. It's interesting because like we, we see her like constantly defying authority. Like in mm-hmm. the silent retreat, she refuses to be silent. In uh, when she's with the with a godmother and looking at the statue, she steals the statue after being told she can't have it. When she's in the exhibition, she like throws all the champagne all over the floor. Yet the authority of like your your value is tied to sex, and that's what it is. Like she can't stand against that one, even though she seems to be a very Abrasive character in her, like going against um, established authority in so many instances. The one that's ruining her life, she can't stand against. Um, and so, like, the authority being the idea of sex as the only way that you can be valid. Um, that's interesting, I guess. Oh,
0: like, no. I, no. <clears throat> I like that take a lot that that's the only. That's the, like, higher authority that she cannot rebel against. And yeah. so she rebels against everything else instead. Like, everything else she makes fun of and, like, yeah. disavows. But she cannot seem to get away from this, like, higher power of sexual validation. Yeah. And, you know, when she's in the bath with asshole guy, who I will not be calling asshole guy. Um, and he asks her what she's afraid of. And she says losing the currency of youth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, again,
0: again, she like the characters say exactly what they mean and exactly what the show is about, but it's in such a comedic setting that it flies under the radar. And yet, she like mm-hmm. has these like truths and these like theses and statements all around the show, and just you know that's a big part of it. Like you're gonna yeah. stop. And Martin uses that against her. He says, a "Little advice from a married man.
1: Oh. You should probably get yourself out there, sweetie."
0: just tip in your prime all of these reinforcements <sighs> yeah
1: no, yeah exactly it's like she she says this stuff like she's joking yeah but like she so feels it like the she's the not. losing the currency of youth she's joking about it when she when she says it to the guy and it's like haha i'm so i'm so hashtag #deep that i said this thing like she's making fun of herself but then she says pretty much the same thing to bank guy when she's crying like yeah so yeah i think uh, what you said about like how you start off and she just seems like a super funny character and then you see how she's actually so so deeply broken um like there's even parallels of that like between the start and the end of the story where she's talking about like her body and her youth being the only thing that is worth anything um as a joke and then saying it is like no, like I feel this and it's destroying me at the end.
0: I know. I just and I also like the length of the show a lot. The six episodes around everything out so nicely. It's a good. It's a good. It's, it's a, a good, good time. It's a good time. Do you have? We're kind of out of, almost out of time. Do you have any parting things that you didn't get to say about the show? Anything else that you really like? We, for example, didn't really brush on the male characters. Fuck um, hmm. We don't have to talk about them. But if there's anything. Else, <laughs> Um, I mean now I think
1: I think I, I do want to a little bit touch upon how like there's a very specific experience that is coming from this like I don't mm. I don't know if the show was meant to be relatable like maybe it is and maybe there's a lot of women who can relate to it I like super don't I like super don't relate to like anything that happens in the show and I think that it comes from a place of like being an attractive white woman from like a higher class family like she's she's poor but like her family isn't like her family is quite rich right um and I think if, if you don't have that background like it's it, even what what you were asking about before like do you know these characters It's like well I don't I don't really have a way of knowing some of these characters because i just like don't come from that background and it seems like she's pulling on a lot of things we're like oh yeah you get what it's like to have anonymous sex with a guy right i'm like no i don't <laughs> like i yeah. super don't like oh you know what it's like to have like your rich father not want to give you money i'm like i don't <laughs> like i don't actually um so i think I, I don't think that takes away from the show like i think it's it's meant to i don't know what it's meant to be but I think as, as just, like, a story about someone else's life, it's very interesting. Um, but I don't think it speaks, like, as a whole to the whole female experience as much. Mm. I'm sure there's, like, a whole population of women that's like, really do um, relate to it. Especially just the, like, sex as value part of it. Um, and maybe, like you just, you need to take it to an extreme to make a point, right? And, like, the extreme is you have a ton of anonymous sex with everyone. Um, but that does, like, assume that you're in a position where a lot of people want to have sex with you, and, like, <laughs> you, like, can do that in a safe way, right? Um, I think, yeah, like, it's, it's very cool, but I, like, I don't see a lot of myself in it, and I can see how a lot of people wouldn't see a lot of themselves in it, um, just because, like, it is, like, a very specific, like, subsection of women that kind of fit into um, that, but at the end of the day, like, the the idea of sex as, like, the, the value that is put on women is something that I think a lot of people can relate to um regardless of whether you are practicing it as
0: overtly as fleabag is thank you for bringing that up I really agree with you that the show tends to be read as like this is the female experience but I think it portrays what I like about it is I don't necessarily relate to fleabag either like I don't
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: not me you know like it's not yeah. really how I see my life I don't really like, relate to the way she lives her life um but i think and exactly as you said there's so much value in seeing it as a hyper specific experience because in that specificity is the universality which i'm not saying anything new here that's like a truism right um but all right how do i phrase this we are i think the world in which fleabag takes place and the sexual power dynamics that Fleabag experiences, I think those are very real. Like the idea that Mm. that there's a sexual dynamic between every person you're around and like that that sexual power you cannot get away from. Mm. And I think that world is real. And I think we live in that world, but her experience with it is hyper-specific to that of like an upper middle-class white woman in England upper middle class I don't know if I can actually make that call Um, I don't know enough about British society to like intuit that you know like I really don't uh, uh, but you know it's very much it is a very hyper specific experience so thank you for bringing up the fact that you don't necessarily relate to it because a lot of my friends that I have spoken to will be like oh yeah Fleabag is a super relatable character I totally get it which I don't which I think like I mean like I'm kind of speaking to the hypothetical audience not that anybody will ever listen to this but um <laughs> you know i think it might come across like i am like yes i'm flea bag which is why i like the show it's like no i just like the response it brings out in women yeah. and i like the response it seems to like a lot like you said a lot of people recommended it to you it just spark- seems to spark a really really big interest in yeah. people people seem to really like it and it really speaks to them so even if it doesn't speak to your i on like a this is me kind of level yeah it, you know, it just—I—I I think the world that she lives in is real. I—I've been in that world. Yeah. That is my world. You know, these these problems are the problems I have, in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No,
1: yeah, definitely. I think uh, what I was trying to say is more like I don't think that it should be read as like the female experience. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. like definitely not the female experience. Exactly. Um,
0: I was trying to agree with you in a very roundabout way. But yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be read as... I think it is read as the female experience a lot. I think it's marketed as the female experience. I think it's gotten so much notoriety because, you know, seeing England is like... Around the world, we're used to seeing British people on TV. Yeah, You know, we just recognize this. We're like, okay, she owns a cafe in London. Everybody knows where London is. You know, it's this like... It's the heart of Empire Man, you know, it's a very universal yeah. person to be leading the female experience, you know? Like we all yeah. know who this is. That's yeah. a tall British woman, like, you know.
1: That's who it is. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that definitely like not it not being an all encompassing female experience doesn't take away from like the message that it's getting across. Um and like the message that women do grow up with is like yeah your your body is what's important about you and like whether you are desired is what's important about you and if you are not desired then like you're not worth anything right like i think that that message is something that a lot of a lot of women can relate to um mm. even if a lot of women don't Go through that specific experience i still i really like the show <laughs>
0: i'm glad i'm glad you really liked it i thank you again for watching it specifically for me i would really recommend the second season if you want to oh, yeah. watch it if you want to oh i um, will the Second I, will. Season, I describe it as a bomb to the first season the second season oh. is like a it's a bomb you're like oh like the wounds of the first season are soothed in the second season Okay, that's good, that's good. No, yeah, yeah
1: I've, good. I've heard really, really good things about the second season. I just, I held off on watching it because I wanted to be able to focus on first season stuff when we are talking. Thank
0: you, thank I you knew so much. it would, much. like, get in the way
1: if I watched the second one, just by recency bias, you know? I'd want to talk about the second season.
0: Thank you, no, you're right. A lot of people bring it up quite naturally, which is completely fair, but because it answers the first season in a lot of ways, so people mm-hmm. will be like, oh, this, I'm like, I stop it put it away that's we're talking about away. now yeah i know that's why we're only talking about the first one yeah well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you so much for such interesting and insightful parting words as well thank you so much for coming on yeah
1: oh thank you for thinking of me i'm so excited absolutely
0: all right yeah. goodbye to the audience goodbye audience